Be perfect. That is the call of Lent as it comes. In case you are surprised, I hope you're not, but Ash Wednesday is this Wednesday. So I mean, it kind of sneaks up on us here in, um, in winter. Um, like, really already, Father? Yeah, it's time for the fasting again. And I, I think a good way to prepare for that is take a, just a blank sheet of paper. Fold it in half. If you want to do it in your journal, you can. People used to have these, like, fancy journals with cool lettering, and they keep them in a special place, rubber bands. I don't do, I don't do all that. I just I can't do that anymore. But um, take a piece of paper and fold it in half. And on one side, write down everything you do in one day. You can even just do it by time. Don't leave anything out, whether it's brushing your teeth, whether it's taking a nap, whether it's, I don't know, what you have for dinner, whether it's prayer time, whether it's going to mass, whether it's even watching, I don't know, endless episodes of The Office. And my, my students do that all the time. I don't know why they sit there in the couch and with the headphones on watching endless episodes of The Office. I don't, I'm pretty sure it's, it's all done already. <laughs> like, but, anyways. Um, but then on the other side, write down how that relates to Jesus Christ. What is the importance of what you did over here for your relationship with Jesus Christ? Because all things belong to Christ. Everything, every moment of our day belongs to Christ. And if we don't have that dedicated to Christ in some way, why are we doing it? And should we change? Is there something in our lives that needs to change this Lent? And you'll be able to see that pretty drastically when you start comparing those two sides. Because that perfection, that call to have everything united in Christ is what drives all of us and drives, of course, our Newman Center, St. Pius X. Our Newman Centers throughout the whole country are modeled after St. Newman, who lived that in his life. He wanted every aspect, every moment of his day to be devoted to Christ. And it showed. Even before he was a Catholic priest and a cardinal, he was an Anglican minister. And he had a nice life built for himself. You know, he really did. He, you know, went to Oxford University, you know, and he, and he became a tutor there and a professor, took orders as an Anglican priest, and then um, had this vibrant college ministry. That's why we call them Newman Centers. He had a, this church nearby Oxford, and he would have these big sermons, and everybody would fill the church for his intellectual ideas, and they had these public debates with people. He wanted to share his entire life with those college students. But he knew he had, he had parts of his heart that weren't quite Christ yet. Um, he, was, he had a good friend, and they had debate back and forth, and they would challenge each other on their Anglican, Anglican faith and beliefs. And it finally became apparent to St. Newman that the Anglican church wasn't all there was for the faith. And they had to look to new things. Um, and they had all these public letters. And it, it was risky for St. Newman to be able to leave the Anglican faith to become Catholic. Because you have to imagine 19th century England. The Anglican church is the government. The king is in charge of the church. So if he leaves the Anglican faith, he doesn't only like go to RCIA and convert at Easter time. Pretty easy for us here. No, he would lose his job. He wouldn't be able to work at Oxford or any other English university. He would lose his Anglican orders as a priest. He loses his church, his place, his living quarters. He loses all of his, a lot of his friends and colleagues. And he'd be publicly defamed. And that's exactly what happened. Um, when he was 45 years old, he wrote this big public you know, letter to everybody and, and said um, in, 
great, beautiful, ironic English humor. It's so fun. He's like, you're like, oh, we have all these debates in the Anglican Church, in Anglican faith, and we just argue. And there's no one to tell us right or wrong, you know, and all these kind of debates. And it is, wouldn't it be great if there was some institution founded by Jesus Christ with the apostles that would help us understand and um, reconcile all these debates, you know, and of course he's tongue in cheek at that point. And he's like, it wouldn't be great if that was the Catholic Church. And, and so he made a big statement and really did lose all of his job and found his way into the Catholic Church after that. But he wanted to share his heart. His heart completely with everybody he met, whether it was the college students, whether it was his colleagues in the, in the university, whether it was his own friends who came to you know live with him. They had his little pseudo-religious order. His motto was heart speaks to heart, core ad core loquitur. And that's what he lived. And that's what we try to model in all of our Newman centers, especially at Pittsburgh State University, is our hearts are what we share. Christ shares his heart with us, and then he shares, we share our hearts with all those that we meet. Um, so I know many of you probably went to Pitt State and the Newman, and Newman Club, and it's been, I mean, that ministry has been going for over 100 years at Pittsburgh State University, and that building's been there for over 50 years, and we are, praise God, only six weeks away from closing the building for renovations. Thank you for all those who have helped, and praise Jesus Christ for what he has done for that, for that ministry there. It is truly amazing and truly beautiful. Um, so... Practical news for you, if you want to see the chapel for the last time, you got till Palm Sunday, okay? <laughs> so get one, la one last look. So there's been people who have been married there at baptisms and went to the school there. So please, come last, one last time before Palm Sunday to see it before we close. Um, and it does mean we're getting ready to, you know, move everything out. So the church will be here during, for 6 p.m. Mass um, during the renovations before we open back up sometime probably November or December. You know, those go, there's always like, oh, we need another month, Father. Like, I know. Okay, so... So to be continued for the end date of that. Um, it does mean uh, we have uh, to get really ready um, funding to fundraising for that. We're not quite to the fundraising goal yet. The construction goal was, uh, is $2.75 million, which everybody a couple of years ago, ago told me, Father, you're never going to make $2.75 million. But we are extremely close. Um, we have a maybe, uh, maybe Foundation Challenge grant that is due April 9th, so we have some urgency to this. Um, we have to reach 2.55, and they'll get us the rest of the way, $200,000 more. Um, so we're $300,000, only $300,000 away from meeting that goal. Um, and that is because of great people who are in this church right now. So thank you so much for that. Um, I have, we sent a flyer out um, in the mail. If you didn't receive it, um, we have them at the doors of the church as well. We'll take a few extra with you. They have our new pictures of the chapel, beautiful ceiling in the, in the front in, in the front of the building, and some information there. And if you already did make a pledge and gift, thank you so much. We can't do this without you. And if you made a, maybe a one-time gift and you're contemplating even doing more, we actually have the ability to do pledges over five years' time. Um, and that still counts for the Maybe Foundation Challenge Grant. They just need pledges, not gifts. And so that's a great way to make money um, expand. You know, sometimes the college students sort of tell me, well, Father, I couldn't give you more than $5 a month. Like, well, could you give $5 a month over five years? It kind of adds up. And you're like, oh, I don't know, but you'll be graduated, you'll have money. 
heck, I'll throw in a pint glass for it, you know, <laughs> more than whatever, whatever it takes. And it, it does add up over time. Um, sometimes, some people even said, well, I've made a two-year pledge, but I can give you another year on your pledge, Father. Like, well, that's a great gift, too. Every, everything helps. And what helps the most is your prayers and your support, because this is more of a spiritual venture than it is a physical one. Because what are we doing? We are making a temple on that campus for God. And the temple isn't just a physical building. It's every single student who comes through those doors in the future to let Jesus Christ come into their hearts, Catholic or non-Catholic, whatever part of their faith they're in, for them, they themselves to be temples of the Lord. Because there is urgency, not just to the campaign, but to the ministry itself. College students are leaving the faith in numbers, unprecedented in the church. Think, we have not seen this in the history of the church, people of that, of that age group who are leaving the faith. And all of our Newman centers are on the front lines of keeping people close to Jesus Christ to share our hearts so they can have something to pass on to their children in the future as well. This is the crux of what we do in our faith, is forming our young people in the faith that we have received and want to hand down to the next generation. And moreover, there's an urgency to our very own souls to be able to pray, sacrifice, to give alms, to be able to have conversion of our own hearts. So this Lent, let the Lord do amazing things in your lives. Sacrifice for those college students, but especially let the Lord do amazing things in whatever that little sheet said that you need to get ready for on Ash Wednesday. Let the Lord, Lord this Lent do something amazing in your hearts.